Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups show. I'm Victoria, your host, and this week we're going to be going through the third stage of the client value journey. So we're in the middle of a six episode series, which is going to be, which is breaking down uh, the six steps of the client value journey. And my intention with this series is to really help stop the overwhelm for founders and in how they are thinking about and running their marketing department. So I find that often times when I'm speaking to startups, they just feel like there's so many pieces of marketing that it's just so difficult and challenging to get everything sort of systemized and under control. And so really focusing on getting clear and intentionally designing your client value journey is just going to take such a weight off your shoulders to know that your marketing strategy is solid and that you have all of your bases covered in converting those clients into buying paying customers, right? So the first stage we went through was awareness phase, right? How we get new um, audience, new people to know about your business. That was the first stage. Um, and then the second episode in the series was all about engage. So how, once those those potential clients know about your business, how are you getting them to be engaged with your brand and exchanging their email address for some piece of information so you can continue to build a like, know, and trust factor, sort of warm them up for actually purchasing with you. And that is what leads us to the third phase, which is the nurture phase. So if you haven't listened to the first and second episode in these series, I believe it's number 32 and 33, please go back and start at the beginning because it's going to make a lot more sense if you do so. But if you're fully caught up with me and you're ready to get into the third phase, which is third phase, which is the nurture phase, I'm so excited about this episode because, um, you know, when people think of marketing in general, they tend to think of the nurture phase. So I speak to a lot of founders that believe that their marketing strategy is just blogging. I just blog, I blog, or no, we're super active on Instagram, right? We, we use social media, that's our strategy. And they pour a lot of money, time into creating content and creating campaigns and they're missing the piece of the puzzle, which is the client value journey, right? It's not just about the nurture piece, but it's about the nurture piece and how it fits into all of the other stages. <clears throat> and so that's why the client value journey is so important to be consciously designing it uh, because the nurture is just one small piece. So the creative content and the engagement that you do on social media or the YouTube channel that you're putting out or whatever it may be, is only as good as how it is helping clients move through the client value journey. So I hope that that is uh, clear, right? So we're gonna dig a little bit into that. So let's look at some um, examples of nurture activities. So as I mentioned, right, social media, if you're super active on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or Clubhouse or whatever new thing came out probably since this episode was filmed, um, was recorded, it could be any social platform, right? Blogging is a nurture activity, uh, pot, doing a podcast, 
uh, like the marketing for startups podcast is the nurture. Uh, this is the nurture strategy that I'm doing for my own business, ugly ventures, right? You could also choose to be replying in forums like Quora, Quora, right? Quora, or what's the other one? Um, no, tons of forums, right? Where we're just like having conversations. There's a lot of ways that you can be nurturing an audience and there's two really important things to consider when you're choosing which nurture strategy you want to uh, implement in your business. Because it is that, it's choosing. Uh, one thing that gets business owners and, and entrepreneurs really overwhelmed is the idea that you have to do everything. So you have to be on all of the social media platforms and you have to blog and you have to have a podcast and a YouTube channel and all of these things. And the problem is, is that there's a lot of businesses that do all those things and they do them all poorly. And it's much more effective to do one thing really, really well than to do a hundred things poorly. And you can see this really clearly when you go to a website for a brand and they've got like Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of these social platforms, right? But they're a small business. So when you click through to all of them, maybe their Instagram is like really active, but like all of those other platforms have like no followers and no engagement and no, and no posts and actually doing, having those things actually work against you because then you're just showcasing the fact that you're just like not following through with really committing to having, you know, some power behind utilizing that platform or doing that thing. So I really encourage you to not do everything and just focus on the one or two actions that are really going to reach your target audience. So that said, that brings me to the next point, which is like, how do you choose where to be? So I think that there's a level of, you know, if you like a certain platform, it's going to be easier for you to maintain it or you're gonna know how to be more effective on that platform because it's something you're naturally more interested in. So you wanna take that into consideration, but more importantly, you wanna take into consideration where are your clients? Like, where do they spend time? And if you don't know where they spend time, you can go to, I think it's episode, Lordy, there's an episode called How to Make Selling Easier, which is all about doing market research. So if you're kind of stumped on like what nurture activity you really should be doing, you know, go listen to that episode and get some ideas on, you know, surveys or questions that you can just ask to those potential clients, people in your community already, past clients, like, do they enjoy listening to podcasts? Is that how they get their information? Do they love Instagram? Like, where do they spend their time and how do they get their information is going to be really invaluable in understanding where you should put your money, time, and effort, right? So deciding which platform is really, really important because what I want you to do is decide on like what social media platform or what activity you're going to be doing and then like double down on it. That said, I would suggest marrying a social media platform with some kind of, we'll call it, um, cornerstone content strategy. So we don't want to just be on social media. We want to be bringing people to our website, right? Because once they get to our website, we want to be getting them with their 
uh, with a lead magnet in the engage phase where we're getting their email address. But that's not going to happen unless we have something that's drawing them to your, to your website. So I would suggest choosing one social media platform and then choosing another way to to another way that you can house like more in-depth content. So a really common strategy is having a blog. And what's really great about that nurture strategy is that you can write a blog, have your copywriter write a blog, a really awesome blog that adds a lot of content, that adds a lot of um, value and is really well-written and, and just awesome, right? Anything that you put out, I hope you're getting the idea. Do less is more, but do less really, really well. It's going to pay off. So as I said, a common strategy is using a blog. Say you get a really well-written blog for your website. And then the copy from that blog or the concepts of that blog or quotes from that blog or um, images from that blog, you can kind of take that piece of content and you can partition it out as blog posts, uh, as sorry, as social media posts through the month. So they're working hand in hand. So say you have an e-com brand. This is like a really um, common workflow. You have an e-com brand, right? You're selling a product and you have a blog that is more like lifestyle driven, let's say that, or it's information driven, right? You're gonna write some really high quality blogs, you know, two, three, four times a month, I would suggest weekly or bi-weekly. And then your content and your, your social media manager can literally use verbatim cut and paste the key takeaways from the blogs and key pieces of the blog. And then you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. And it's not repetitive because people are quite siloed in all of these, these platforms. So there's no shame or harm in using direct quotes from a blog and then putting it as a social post. What actually you wanna do is be enticing people to click through your link in bio to like read that blog. And then they're on your website, which is really what you want them to do. So really make sure that the content that you're creating in the nurture phase is speaking to your target audience and in a, in a way that's gonna be adding value to their lives or helping that move them along the buyer's journey. So understanding more about your product or more about your brand and building that like, know, and trust factor, right? But whichever strategies that you choose to do, right? Whether you go with uh, doing you know, Instagram or your, your B2B and you're doing all LinkedIn or what have you, and doing maybe a piece of this content like a blog post, or if you're doing a podcast episode or a video, you know, you want that to live on your blog. So maybe you're not writing a big long blog, but you want a place where your content lives that's connected to your website. So like, for example, I'm recording a podcast episode here and also recording a video. So this will go on YouTube. This will go on my podcast hosting um, platform, but I'm also putting the show notes into a blog post. So no matter how people want to consume the content, either the video or through the recording or just to read the notes, um, it's all housed in my website. So it's just more reason for people to go to the website so they can see my services and see what I actually do. That's really the point, right? So we want that all to be working together. 
And as you can see, it's going to just be a lot easier if you're just focused on one social platform, for example, as opposed to three or four, um, because you want all that to be working hand in hand to get people to your website and ideally to convert and give you their email address. And that brings me to the second part of the nurture. No matter what other activity you're doing, no matter whether it's social platform or whether you decide to have a blog or not, right? It's not mandatory. I'm just giving you suggestions on what I think are most effective. No matter what you do though, the most important nurture strategy is email. So remember before when I said in the engage phase that what we're doing is trying to entice people to get, give you their email address. Well, what we need to be doing in the nurture phase is be emailing them consistently. Now, a lot of people have many opinions on how often you should be emailing. Many people think it's annoying to get a lot of messages. There's certainly a lot of brands that abuse an email, but you're going to want to find like a cadence that makes sense for your business. And then this is very important. Be consistent. So if you're emailing once a month, do it once a month without fail. If you're doing it once a week or bi-weekly, do it in that time frame without fail. You want to be, the consistency piece is really important for actually building a relationship with the clients and the potential clients. And so that actually reminds me, you want to be doing that on your social platforms. If you're putting out a blog or a podcast or whatever, the secret to traction in your business, the secret to growth in anything having to do with marketing, 100% without fail, ask anyone that's had any amount of success in their business is consistency. And I can give you a small pep talk. It would be this. Do not get discouraged if you do not see the results in the actions that you're taking. Anything with marketing and with sales, it takes time. I can't tell you how many Businesses that I've been in where the founder believes that it's like a magic bullet. You bring in the marketing person or you bring in the sales rep or the sale or the VP of sales or whatever. And they expect within a month or two that you're going to be overflowing with leads and you're going to 10x your revenue. It's absolutely not true. The only thing that works is consistent action. And I'm talking months and months and months of consistent action. And it's only getting more difficult. The reason being is because with technology, with the social platforms, with the way the ads work, everyone is so overwhelmed and inundated with messaging. And for, for customers, potential customers to understand what your business does and realize that you could be fixing a problem that they have, it takes many, many, many times for them to like, see your brand and, and hear your messaging for it to like register in people's brains, like what you actually do. Back in the day, it used to be like seven times you have to touch the client before they're like would consider a purchase with you and understand really what you do and how you can solve their problem. Now it's more like 15 to 20 times. So think about that. How many emails that you're going to, so, so expect like when you're sending an email a week, you know, how many weeks you need to be sending an email to that same client before they like put the pieces together on really what you do and how you can help them. So it's all about consistency. And one of the reasons that most businesses fail is because they 
or do something for a little while, don't see the results that they want and they like give up. Or even worse, they just change the strategy. So it's like, oh, you know, Instagram's not giving us any production. They try it for like a month or two uh, or three and then they just move on. Okay, now we're gonna totally stop focusing on Instagram and let's focus all the way on Facebook. And they do that for a couple months and then they don't see the traction there. I really like, I, my personal belief is that look at it in like a year clip, like do a consistent nurture activity for one year before you make any judgments on whether it's effective or not. Um, and I know that sounds like a long haul, but I can see it with this podcast. For example, I've tried launching a podcast two or three times in the past, like four years. And I just had a hard time um, being consistent with it. And, you know, you just feel like you're talking into the oblivion. And I said to myself this year, I said, listen, I'm going to spend, you know, the first half of the year totally committed to this and then see what results I can get, see how my email list grows and then you know, and see what response I'm getting from the community and then make a decision on if I want to make any changes or, you know, do I, do I want to change the title of it or the subject matter that I talk about? No, I give myself six months to kind of collect data. And then I said, and then the last half of the year, I'm going to make some informed changes, but continue with, with the podcast for one full year. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm not going to, um, become inconsistent with it. It's like, that's the commitment I made to myself. And I started this in January and now we're in April and I can already see just by getting over the hump of Q1, already all of the benefits that I'm seeing for this nurture strategy. Um, not only am I growing my email list, but I'm also positioning myself as an expert, right? So if you're a service-based business, I really would suggest in your nurture strategy, making sure that you're showcasing your expertise. It doesn't have to be in a podcast. It could be through a blog. It could be through Instagram lives or Facebook lives or LinkedIn lives or whatever, but it's that consistent action that's going to actually convert and push people through that buyer's journey. And it's just so important. So the nurture phase is the phase where people can really get overwhelmed because there is a lot of ways that you can kind of build community and interact with potential clients. But what your workflow needs to be is something somehow that helps, you know, bring people to your website or bring people um, into your world or back to your social page, right? That, the, that it's constantly sort of bringing people back into your world. That's engaging, right? And there has to be a part of your nurture strategy that's email, like no matter what. Ideally, email and something else, right? Ideally, email and something else. And that you're producing content that is high, the highest quality that you can. And be consistent. So I just want to leave you with something to think about. So there's a lot of like examples of this that you can see um, that I would love to share. So one is, you know, with podcasts, <clears throat> there's a lot of brands that put out podcasts and it doesn't even immediately have a connection to the product that they, that they make, but they're 
they're realizing this strategy, like just to add value to their target client. So a really good example of this, again, like I know I use a lot of very girly examples because last time we were talking about bras, but there's a company called Chatbooks, which is an automated um, like photo album subscription service. And their target client are like moms, like my age moms that are just super busy and don't have time to, you know, download photos and print things out. And so they just automate that, right? You have like a subscription, you have to just, you know, pull the, the photos from Instagram or from your phone. And in no time you have these books delivered to you and you have these memories of your kids. It's called chat books, <clears throat> but chat books has a podcast and wasn't really my bag, but I can get why they did it. They're, they're focusing a lot on like, you know, the psychology of parenting and, you know, how to implement self-care into your routine and meal prep and how to organize your home because they're targeting these, these busy moms that, you know, want to be good moms. And so all of the content that they create is about adding value to this woman. And so it's really smart. It's a really smart strategy. They don't sit there advertising their little mini photo albums or making content about why their photo albums are so great. I mean, maybe they mentioned that, you know, for a minute or two in their podcast episodes at some point, but it's not really the point of it all. The nurture strategy is creating content that adds value to your clients. And if you can, in the process, establish that like, know, and trust or that expertise, it's going to help move clients through the buying journey, right? The more you add value to the potential client's life, the happier they're going to be with you and your brand and more likely they'll be to make a purchase. So why don't you go look through your podcast, um, you know, Apple podcasts or Google play podcasts and see what brands are maybe also having a podcast. Another really awesome one that actually I love, I should have thought of this first because this applies more to founders, is the Shopify podcast. Holy smokes, the Shopify podcast is so good and so tactical in explaining, you know, how, how founders that use Shopify, right? They interview Shopify users, have built six, like successful businesses. And they talk about everything from like marketing to like leadership to everything, how to use Shopify, the different widgets they use that were successful. It's super tactical. But again, they're not sitting there talking about the features and benefits of using the Shopify platform. They're just sharing, kind of just sharing case studies. And oftentimes they're not even really talking about the Shopify platform. They're just talking about like how so-and-so built their business and what strategies they use to grow and all these things. But it really is uh, super juicy. So check out the Shopify podcast, check out blogs from your favorite brands and what they talk about, and just start getting a sense of like how other brands that you admire are doing it or people in your comp set are doing it. And hopefully that will inspire you um, for some ideas and how you can implement a good nurture strategy in your business. Hope this was helpful. Next week, we're gonna, next week we're gonna be talking about invitations, inviting your list to actually purchase with you, encouraging them, gently pushing them to actually buy, asking for the buy. Because without that piece of the puzzle, you're missing a big opportunity for 
converting your contacts and the people that have already raised their hands to say they're interested in your product, service, or brand, um, you don't want to miss out on encouraging them and actually getting them to convert. So next week's all about invite. I hope this was a useful episode. Um, I can't wait to see what you guys all do in creating your content strategy. So please keep me posted. Um, you can DM me at any time on LinkedIn or send me a message, whatever comment on the blog notes. Have a great day. And I can't wait to see you back here next week for another episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hajar or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.